Welcome to the Michigan Bros Grow Show. This week we have old man Hermit Hash joining us and we are really looking forward to just sitting down and kicking it about a multitude of things. And with that, I'm going to throw it to sequence. Let's set the show, man. Yeah, we really wanted to uh, bring old man Hermit Hash on to speak with uh, him about his hash baking abilities. Of course, he's got amazing pictures and stuff on his Instagram page, but also kind of on his story and how he got here what cannabis has done for him in his life and stuff like that because cannabis has done a lot for me personally and i know a lot for skillbo as well welcome thank you for joining us thanks a lot for having me i uh i appreciate the invite lots of good stuff to talk about tonight i'm looking forward to it yeah i don't know how we want to uh get started maybe we should start by um speaking about your introduction into uh cannabis or maybe your story and how you got here for sure. The matchmaking sure. is kind of at the end, so. For sure. Um, it's a long story. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to kind of just condense it uh, as an introduction, right? Um, so I grew up in Michigan, Southeast Michigan, little town. Um, I, lots of drug addiction, mental health issues, in my family, and obviously surrounding me, and. Um, quickly found myself using substances to, I don't know, I think probably treat a, a, a series of, of unhappinesses in my life, right? I mean, I was a kid, I had an abusive dad, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it was, it was crazy upbringing. Um, so I was getting high and, and doing a lot of that stuff. And I moved out of my house when I was 14, 15 years old and uh, ended up in a punk rock band in Detroit, getting crazy and shoot heroin and doing all this stuff. And then- um, What was the name of your band? Uh, <laughs> pure bastard extract. There we go. Sounds like a company name these days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe sounds a little negative, but I might try it for a new company name. I don't know. There you go. <laughs> but uh, so you know, I got sober when I was twenty-five uh, in 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 AA. I had no drugs, no anything. I got married. Uh, started working in the mental health and substance abuse field. I worked at a local treatment center for about a year, and then I worked at the local homeless shelter for a couple of years. Um, you know, during that time, I got married, and then I, I had a we had a son together, and she was sober too, and she relapsed, and subsequently ended up committing suicide a couple of years later. And you know, there's been a whole slew of of situations and and stuff that, looking back, I can see how. I just didn't have any medicine, you know, right. uh, I had no way to, to, to self soothe really outside of spiritual practice, uh, and physical practices and stuff like that. But for somebody like me who, and I do have mental health issues, you know, I'm, uh, I'm really upfront about it. Uh, you know, severe Dude, we all have mental health problems. Every <laughs> single one of it's just, <laughs> just a matter of whether you've been self-diagnosed or professionally diagnosed, man. Right. Right. We're good on that. Yeah. But I've never been a medications guy. Uh, I always found that the drawbacks to medications outweighed the benefits, at least for me personally. And that's just my personal thing. Obviously, I would, medications are amazing for, for people they work for that can handle the, the drawbacks. So I got sober. I got married. Uh, she passed away. I got remarried. And then uh, a couple of years later, a car accident out in front of my house. I was stopped. You know, getting ready to turn into my house and some gal on her cell phone texting her daughter rear-ended me doing 55 miles an hour. Oh, wow, man. Yeah. 
uh, luckily my son was unscathed. You know, the, wow. trunk was, the trunk was in the back seat and he walked right out of there like it was nothing. So I'm really grateful for that. But for me, it, it set into motion this physical uh, decline, you know, and, and it just got worse and worse. It wasn't a an injury that immediately put me out. It, uh, it took some time, you know, over, over the course of six, nine months. And uh, I ended up quitting my job to basically grow my medicine because I continually was having these issues finding real information about how to treat exactly what was going on with me. And I could go into a dispensary and somebody could tell me about some strains, but when I'd say like, you know, what's the real relaxation terpene we're talking about, you know? Can yeah. you help me really specify exactly what medications are going to be right for me? You know, and they're Not giving me tinctures. Yeah. You know, they're right. trying to pass me off some salve that didn't do shit. Just trying to sell you something. Uh, yeah. So I kind of made my way since then, and uh, you know, I've been doing this now for about a year and a half. Really, just kind of dropped out of work. And how do you feel? Much better much better in a, in a, a spiritual way, especially, you know, uh, not being able to be honest at my job. I was a, a, a peer support specialist for, uh, the state and uh, I worked specifically with homeless people and those with substance abuse, uh, issues. And I did that for about 10 and a half, 12 years in total, I guess. Um, so that's kind of what I'm doing now is really number one, trying to get uh you know have regular access to medicine for me and my family and then um trying to make it let me ask you this then what strains have you found that do work for you and what reasons are you using i like to think of cannabis as one of the of the greatest coping mechanisms that you can use for yourself it's reliable it can be discreet you know what i mean so i'm interested to hear what it is that you get from cannabis? Well, initially, um, I should relate my first experience back with cannabis after 16, 15 years of nothing. It was horrible. <laughs> it was horrible. I, you know, my wife had some some cannabis, and, and uh, you know, I took four hits. And then thank I remember God, my first joint. Yeah, thank God no one was home. I was fetal position. It was so stressful and horrible. I, I, I was like, if this is what this shit is now, I am done. I'm not doing this stuff ever. It was really strong, right? That was horrible. But then afterwards, we tried that again, and it was way better. And I had to really ease into it. Um, and, and for growing, I really decided to have kind of the spectrum, right? So the CBD... I haven't, I haven't had, uh, I do have some CBD strains, but I haven't, I haven't grown them out yet. So any CBD stuff that I do or that I have is, is stuff I purchase, but, uh, I grew uh, Maui Waui, which was, you know, almost all sativa. I don't think there's anything as a hundred percent obviously or something, but it's as much sativa as possible. And that's my morning meds. You know, that's my mental health meds. That's mental very health. interesting that you say that because so many people report that, with mental health problems that smoking a sativa is is risky sometimes that you really have to be careful with that or it can really bring on the anxiety 
That's true. It's true. It, especially with uh, some of the more heavy-duty psychiatric disorders, what I have noticed myself uh, for for former clients and stuff that would smoke regularly would be that, uh, to be just really honest, absolutely. often often the people with heavy-duty psychiatric disorders will feel better, you know, but if it's schizof- schizophrenia and it displays itself in, uh, say, talking to yourself or something like that, it may make that worse. But right. the conversations you're having might be way more positive than the ones you were having before, you know? You might be a little more activated in terms of your mental health symptoms, but the symptoms might be different, you know? Okay. Um, and I, I can't advocate for anybody in terms of using cannabis for mental health uh, outside of my experience. And That's what all we can ever speak about. Yeah, for sure. Right. And I just want to clarify that because I'm not super Well, pro. like you were saying with your experience, you started low and increased your dosage according to how it affected you. And that's pretty much how everyone should apply cannabis to their own usage. It's right. responsible usage. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I mean, luckily, there's just no way you can overdose or, uh, you know, I mean, your worst case is you're, you're going to sleep too much. And you're going to be a little uncomfortable. You know? You're sweating laying on the floor. and unless you're growing your own you're spending way too much if you get like you know up there with the five six seven grams a day you know yeah what was the real impetus for my growing was i was spending four hundred dollars a month at a dispensary it's crazy you know and that's part of my mission is making meds affordable for everyone it's just be available for everyone well, there's you know, a consistency too that with that, but when you grow your own, you have a consistent source of this. Hey, man, this thing worked for me, and I'm gonna keep it and clone the shit out of it and run it in perpetuity until the wheels fall off of it, until I can't stand having it anymore. It's <laughs> yeah. medicine, you know what I mean? I don't always want to take aspirin either, but you know, hey, and a Xanax is a very bitter little pill if it gets caught in your throat. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I, I did the I did this sativa and I did a, a super skunk which was, you know, my heavy indica. And then I did a, a Black Widow as my hybrid. You know, so my idea at the time, because I hadn't had access to really regular different strains, you know, um, was to really plan it out in a way that was like exactly like I'm taking meds, you know. In the morning, I smoke a little bit of sativa. During the daytime, I'm smoking the Black Widow. And then at night, when I need to cool out and kind of shut my brain down, then then I go for the heavy indica and treating it as medicine has been in terms of sobriety, infinitely the most important thing to me is treating cannabis as medicine. And I don't, I don't often smoke for uh, recreation, you know? I was going to ask you that. I was, you know, having an, a, an addictive <clears throat> past, you know, if you've struggled with, you know, accidentally increasing your dosage over time, I do that. And, you know, that's just from smoking after work, you know, right. all of a sudden I'll look and I'm smoking like three back to back and I'm like, well, I better. It can be situational though too, as well. It can be situational. You know what I mean? Like if you had a hell of a day, man, you know what? Take care of yourself, self-care. Totally. Well, it's, it's the perspective of it really for me, because what is recreational smoking anyway? You know, I'm you're, like you're smoking for some achieving, you're trying to achieve some effect. 
on, right. every, on any level, whether it's recreation or, you know, it's medicinal, no matter what you have. Nobody any- look, nobody reports smoking CBD recreationally that I've heard of. Have you? Yeah. Hey man, come on over. Let's smoke some of this CBD, bro. Right. No, I'm not, I'm not hearing that. I'm not, I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying really? that, you know, Hey, it's, I have, you're, you're, I have done good. some CBD dab hits that were fantastic. Straight CBD dabs. I've really? Done that. I have yeah. not tried that. Just isolated. It was really flavorful and good. I loved it. I really will. I will let you know that if you're too far gone, if you're sweating, laying on the floor, if you do some dabs of CBD isolate or hit some heavy CBD flower, it'll bring you back. That'll help level you out. Or a pen, yeah. maybe if you had a pen that had CBD in it, just yep. the introduction of it for sure. If you go too far, that'll help bring you back. Right. Do we want to get into hash? Sure, we can do that. Uh, I'm really curious about this because as a personal grower, a home grow level, hash is really the only truly legal means of creating an, an extract out of your byproduct. Oh, open blasting BHO is technically a crime. So, you know, I'm really interested in learning about hash and I expect, especially how clean it is. I ran the gambit with it because I, uh, when I quit my job and I talked to my wife and we really went over finances and decided that I couldn't quit my job because we can't afford it. Uh, and then I was like, well, you know, happiness or death. I mean, I'm kind of looking at it like that, right? Uh, the anxiety of the job was really wearing me down. I'd lost a bunch of weight. My doctors were concerned. Uh, you know, I was having stomach issues and then, you know, with, coupled with the back issues, it just put me out, you know? So, um, I talked it over with the wife and, and, uh, cashed my retirement. It was like not enough money to do any of the stuff that I've done, but I, uh, you know, I set up some walls and in, uh, in my shop out back, and I just really looked into all the different extracts and, and kind of what was going to be the best thing for me, right? Uh, obviously, BHO is going to be cheaper. I mean, there's a lot of setups that are cheaper than making hash. You wouldn't think so because all you got to do is buy $25, you know, Zen Hydro bubble bags on Amazon for 25 bucks. You're you some five gallon buckets, man. Right, right. Uh, so, but it's the freeze dryer that has made the, uh, the massive difference for me. And, and it's because it takes away all of the bacterial issues during drying, you know, we're not looking at any mold issues or, and that's kind of the big thing with hash and having clean medicine is if almost, I don't want to say most traditional hash, but most people that are making hash at home probably ended up with a little bit of mold or some bacteria in their stuff as it's drying unless they're really techniqued out, you know, and they've got a really good environment for the drying room. So I bought the freeze dryer. From Amazon? No, I, I got uh, Harvest Right. They're one of the only uh, freeze drying companies. I think there's a can of freeze. There might be one other company making these, and it's a really untapped uh resource i think for people in the cannabis business it's how silly. much are those units going for well they're pricey it it's, doesn't make sense for a home guy uh i paid about four thousand for mine okay and i have a seven shelf pharmaceutical freeze dryer so it's a little bit it's more for powders and really for hash you know that's why it's <laughs> great company out of nevada you know they're good folks and they're uh making good stuff so 
But in terms of edibles and stuff, which is another thing I do, the freeze drying technique can make it more of a sublingual delivery. So it gets absorbed through your mucous membranes instead of having to be digested through your, you know, digestive tract, which means number one, it's going to hit you a lot faster. And I think you'll have a much more accurate dosing, right? The blood brain barrier. Yes. Yes. So, uh, you know, I did a lot of studying, you know, a lot of Frenchy stuff, a lot of Duchess, you know, I have studied their stuff and uh, it's gone really well. And people love the product, you know, my friends love it. My brother, you know, uh, he loves it. So it's been really cool to have and it's been really incredible to have for, for edibles because, you know, usually there's a couple different grades of hash when I make it. There's some food grade stuff and then there's a really excellent stuff that, you know, people are going to dab and whatnot. So I have a question for the listeners at home. So when you say a freeze dryer, you're taking... What kind of cannabis? Are you taking fresh cannabis and putting it in there? Or are you drying it first? That's a good question. And um, I have freeze-dried some from some uh, marijuana out of my garden. It's been great just to get a test on it. You know, I can cut a bud and smoke it the next morning, and it's completely dry. Uh, it does That's have... wild. <laughs> yeah, right? It's cool. It looks exactly the same, too. I mean, it's like you took a picture of it when it was wet. comes out exactly the same dry. Wow. It does have the chlorophyll in it because it didn't get a chance for the chlorophyll to turn into sugars and stuff as it cures. But it's a really cool way to try stuff before, you know, so I don't have to wait till it's all cured out. And then it allows me to also decide whether or not I'm going to do fresh frozen, which is my preferred way to do it because whole plant, fresh frozen, you're using it's the whole plant. You get all yeah. the cannabinoids, all the, the terpenes. Exactly. It's very, it's as perfect <clears throat> as you can get in an extract. This is the highest quality hash that you can get is a freeze dryer bubble hash. You know, that's really the name of the game. And that is the step that's keeping a lot of home growers away from making that six star dry sift is the freeze dryer for sure. I mean, well, price is an obstacle to a great majority of of cannabis growing. I mean, who wouldn't like to have some great LED lights that'll give you the, the, the yield that you want without increasing room temperature so you don't have to pay for air conditioning so you can afford to hang more lights and i mean you know but there's always a barrier and sometimes you just have to make a personal choice is this the direction i want to go and i'm sure that first bowl was definitely the deal (laughs) feeler for you were like yep this is exactly the right choice it was regrets man and i grew up with hash you know uh back in the day yeah yeah i knew a guy and this was probably early, I guess, 1990, 1991, who was getting bars from Afghanistan. Oh, was the real? It had gold seal on it, you know, gold foil and everything. It was crazy. I don't know how the hell I ended up with it as a 14, 15-year-old kid. But I always really felt uh, that it was an appropriate medicine. There are some cannabis products that I'm not really cool with, for me, personally. Like what? Uh... Well, well, you're allowed to be opinionated. Don't worry. Yeah, it's our show, dude. Do what you want. I, <laughs> I love that, but I can only do one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's too strong for me. I can't function uh, with most dab stuff. You know, it's just yes, really strong. And I'm kind of a lightweight. I've been, you know. That's uh, not a bad thing, though. It's working for you. You know what I mean? It's working. It's just like pain pills. You know, you could say, well, one is working for me, but I'm going to take four. Right. right, Pretty soon you're going to be needing to take four, whether you only 
needed to stop the pain or whatever. Right. And you're just going to exactly. keep asking. Right. Lightweight to me is sorry. Go ahead. Lightweight to me is frugal. You know, you're saving money more than anything. Being For a lightweight sure. in your in your usage of your medicine is a good thing. I appreciate being able to scale it up too if I need to. You know, like there's days I'm not getting out of bed. I my back is done. You know, and those are the days I need to just do a dab. You know, do you know? I, I do a lot of honey sticks. One of my things. I have a friend who makes honey sticks with RSO, and, and that's part of my like daily regimen. And um, what is a honey know. stick for someone who doesn't know? Uh, it's the same exact honey stick you would get anywhere. It's a just a plastic tube with honey in it, uh, mixed with THC and, and CBD if we want or not. We kind of make those ourselves, and they're they're great. Uh, but I use that every day, and, and the sugar. The way the sugar gets digested is different than just like a, a regular edible. I don't know. My buddy right. makes those, and he'll talk to me for two hours about it. <laughs> well, my experience and how that, amazing it is, but I don't know all this. So you're getting the TED talk every time from him, right? Yeah. <laughs> He's one of my best friends. I really love the guy. So uh, I know a little bit about Shout out to him, actually. Yeah, shout him out. Yes, yeah, uh, Wana Honey, J-U-A-N-A, Honey on Instagram. Great guy. Awesome. Fellow Michigan grower? Yes, right in Jackson, Michigan. See, that's I'm all Michigan. we want to know. We just want Michigan people, man. We don't hate the other states, but we damn sure want to talk about ours. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so I know a little bit about that, so I can maybe elaborate, and you can tell me if it sounds like something he would say. Yeah, so, sure. like, so when you're making an edible or a capsule, a lot of people will add some, like a carrier, like a lipid, in order and that what that does is increases the duration of your of your effect and makes it so you have less of a peak in a valley in your in your buzz so for your edibles you get more of a leveled out normal effect for like a daily use i would imagine the honey the sugar is kind of doing the same thing it's kind of prolonging that it gives it kind of a carrier so instead of getting that big peak from a dosage you have more of a volume uh mm -hmm. spread that out yeah, he talks about the pancreas, you know, something about that it gets, I don't know. But you're talking about the, when you take an edible, that it has to be processed through the stomach and then the liver before it can be dispensed throughout the body? That one? Yeah. He wishes know. he was talking, right? Really out of science. Like, Dude, I know. I'm going to call him and get him on the phone here. He's incredibly head. smart. <laughs> I love friends. No. So tell me this. Here's another great, well. I can't say it's a great question, but it's something somebody wants to know. So when you have this beautiful hash, what is your piece that you're using to smoke it with? And to be honest, I'm all joints. I really, I I feel, oh yeah. It's okay. super dry. It burns like it's nothing, you know? Uh, wow. you, have a, you have a low tolerance? What are you doing? Smoke it little <laughs> paper nine times? It lasts me forever. Like I can, you know, roll one joint and it, it'll last me. I don't know. It's ridiculous. It's pretty strong, but it's really, uh, it doesn't put me into that zone, that unproductive. Yeah. Zone still function. That's really, I, I work crazy, crazy hours. I, I almost get no sleep. I'm, I'm an insomniac as well. So I three or four hours of sleep most a night. Same here. Yeah. <laughs> what time is it? <laughs> yeah, you're not. Hey, you know what, though, man? Back pain is no joke, dude. When you can't get more than three hours of sleep for years, believe me, man, that starts wearing on you. And you'll try damn near anything. 
Yeah. It, it's, it's look at that look in his face and look at the look in mine. People on uh, that are listening at home, we're dead serious, man. Yeah. yeah. This couch that I'm sitting on is the couch that I sleep on. It's it's extra small because it keeps me in the fetal position. Right. That's how I have to sleep. I can't even sleep in bed with my wife. It's ridiculous. And yet the doctors, they're going like, yeah, you got arthritis. Like, dude, this, eh, whatever. Yeah, I feel you, man. I, I've got the, uh, let me see. It's the L3, L4, L4, L5. Then I have the C1, C2, C3, C4. Ugh. Yeah, so, and it, it is arthritis to a degree, but it, there's different levels of it, you know what I mean? And it becomes more and more debilitating over time. And you are a young man in his 40s. You're not much younger than I am, you know what I mean? And, and we have these pain issues that we're afraid to use opiates for. I mean, dude, I can yeah. go and I can get this shit from the VA or whatever. Or they're say, oh, you can't get it from the VA. Okay, I can get it somewhere. I can find a way to use it. I choose not to. Right. And I choose not to have, we don't have to. That's no. the great, you know, it's like, uh, opiates are not a very good pain reliever. You know, they're... Not for long term. It's It's meant to be used like intermittently let's get this pain under control we've taken care of it you know because a lot of pain is inflammation right you know, sometimes you'll have an issue where you have you know a, an inflammation issue that needs to be addressed but what about people with let's say crohn's right that, that deal with constant inflammation they can't take pain medication especially when they're in their 20s and 30s not like right. it's it's cannabis as medicine has come so far in such a short amount of time. The problem is, is that we've made such huge leaps and bounds with it that we've become really antsy right at the end. <laughs> yeah, right. You know what I mean? Yep, and it's yep. a gradual process. But yeah. more and more people are coming on, I say this every episode, more and more people are coming online every single day, not just to score some weed, but to you know learn mm -hmm. about how they can use this to help themselves. You know, I, yeah. I've said that I spent I've been doing this for seven years and I've spent most of that time just reading about these different strains on Leafly. And it sucks because they're not really a good representation. And you have to remember, just because it works this way for me, if you try the exact same cut, same bag, same bowl, it's going to affect you differently. So right. there is, you know, the science has to catch up to the personal experience that we can talk about. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, politics, you know, the whole gambit of cannabis, uh, let, you know, yeah, it's crazy town, you know, uh, we don't know if we're going to be able to sell to, to dispensaries at the end of the month, you know, right. we're going to have to start going through processors and all this other kind of thing. Uh, it's annoying because no one can plan for their businesses. If this is something I really want to do legitimately, how could I plan for it? Um, it's scary, man, because the way that it looks like it's been going is that there is a very small group of people and there is a pay to play. And yep. a lot of the let's call it the cottage industry, we just you can't pony up that kind of money. So I, I don't know what's going to happen with that. I, I'd like to remain optimistic and see a resolution that works for everyone. But that remains to be seen. I do have another hash question. Yes. Why is it that yours is such a light, light, light color? What is the <laughs> dryer doing that's giving you those awesome colors? Well, it's, I mean, hash is like almost any extract is strain dependent, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, 
if what I'm extracting is, is beautiful, I'm going to have beautiful hash. If it's not, uh, it won't. I try to do uh, as much fresh frozen as possible because I, uh, I mean, obviously your returns are going to be less, but it's going to be more flavorful and it will have that lighter color. You know, cured resin actually darkens just a little bit just due to oxidization. Uh, so the great thing about freeze-dried hash versus air-dried hash is that it's uh, sublimated or lyphalized, the technical terms for it, but it freezes it down to negative 40 degrees and then it slightly warms it and hash you know you want to say this is just secret knowledge no but no hash makers want anybody to know you know that's what we get for the title of this show (laughs) (laughs) splash to youtube titles you know you want to have your shelves at 55 or 45 degrees you know 40 45 degrees but it, it basically turns the water inside the hash to a vapor or the the ice sorry directly into a vapor without it being wet ever. Uh, so it destroys less of the cell, you know, as the ice is being removed into a vapor. So that actually I think has a massive difference on why my hash looks, you know, pretty light in comparison to maybe some other folks. So what could somebody at home do if they, they can't get access to the funds to do this? What are, what's one of the methods that we could try? Have you had any other experiences with hash? Have you ever tried to do any kind of sifting with the screens or the bubble bags? You've done all those things. Which one worked out best for you that you stuck with? Well, prior, well, so, I mean, I, I bought just the really cheapest bubble bags I could find on Amazon. Um, and they, <laughs> I actually just ran my last run through those a couple weeks ago. And I bought really big expensive bubble bags i'm not ever repping a bubble bag company by the way ever i see it all the time with every hash maker repping somebody's bubble bags Eh, whatever it's a bag yeah right it's a micron bag that someone you know in nepal sewed together and they're selling them for a thousand dollars here they're all stitched them different man there's three rows of stitching (laughs) (laughs) right um so you know, I'd made hash quite a few times just in five-gallon buckets with the, you know, in, in practicing. I, I did with the drill and the spinner and stuff, which really over-agitated the marijuana, and I had more plant material in it than I wanted to. It took a lot of practice to kind of learn how to agitate uh, without punishing it. You know, you want you want it to be supple and, and pliable. You sound just like Frenchie right there. You even <laughs> right the point, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, that's what I want to sound like. It's good. Um, but yeah, you know, it, video, man. Yeah. <laughs> it keeps it supple and, and it's taking a lot of practice and I'm getting better. Uh, I am in by it's no means a pro. And I, I love I love the science of all of this. I really do. I love growing. I love being attached to nature in that sense. And I love to be able to process that into something that I think is just really, really good for the world. You know, I, think you're I do. I'm a huge nerd and I'm a huge weed nerd, obviously. So what you're doing, like sublimation and talking about all this <laughs> stuff, like we really need to sit down together and share some uh, some stuff for sure. And I have a question on this, you know, uh-huh. why did did you stop at hash, so to speak? Most people would process that into rosin afterwards. Do you, you know, like, I, do you prefer I, hash better or what are the pluses and minuses to this? I do prefer hash better, I think, just because 
I don't actually own a real dab rig or an e-nail. You know, I think if I had an e-nail and it was much easier in practice and I didn't have to get out a torch and stuff, I might do more of that type of thing. Lost the question. Say it one more time. I'm sorry. Um, I was just wondering if you had a preference for hash over rosin and why that was. And you yeah. just brought up using a torch versus um, an e-nail. And this brings me to another kind of more philosophical thing. And I know that you came from an addiction background, so feel free to dodge this one. Does uh -huh. the torch kind of put you off to doing dabs? I know that some people see the torch on a nail and they think, well, hard drugs kind of thing. And there's a For mental sure. aspect there. So, you know. Ritual-wise, it's it's more involved. And, it, you know, glass pipes and crack and, I mean, you know, all that kind of thing. I can see where it would be triggering, I guess, if you want to use the word trigger, which is one of my least favorite words in the world. But, you know, I think that... Uh, I think people can, you know, it's like getting tattoos, right? When I first got sober, people were like, oh, tattoos, don't needles bother you and stuff like that. And, and honestly, it's, I think it's all going to be about where your mind is at and where your recovery is at. I feel where you're coming from. You know what I mean? The problem that I have sometimes, though, is that we, it, a stereotype can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Sure. Mm. Well, I think about it like this, you know, if you were to show uh, a 50-year-old church lady, a joint, she's probably seen one before. But if you were to show her how you smoke with your dab rig, she's going to look at you a little bit different. You're freebasing cocaine. You know, yeah, I mean? totally. <laughs> it is sort of, too. It's kind of cool. Yeah, that it's just marijuana and it can't actually hurt us that much, right? Right. It's you know, the perception of that, you know? Yeah, you know, and that's what's been so important to me about keeping cannabis as medicine for me and really keeping that perspective constantly because I don't want to be, I don't want to have that feeling that I'm, I'm, I'm escaping or I'm like trying to do what I used to do, which was really just go extreme, extreme, extreme and, and go as far as you can without dying. You know, um, in terms of, uh, so the word trigger, right? I'll just, I want to talk about that because I think that's kind of what we're talking about, right? How are we, you know, what, what in terms of cannabis could be triggering to somebody who is trying to either be sober or get sober or get off drugs or maintain uh, sobriety, right? Which is the big key. Anybody can quit getting high. No, it's much harder to, to keep that long-term. So, you know, if I'm, if I'm dabbing a medicinal strain and if I'm thinking of it like, this is, I'm treating X, Y, Z symptoms, then I think that's completely and totally cool. If it's going to bug you out to use a dab rig, don't use it. You know, there's infinite amount of ways to get really great medicine into you without having to ever do anything like that. We don't have to smoke nothing. We can, there's RSO, there's, you know, so many other great avenues of, of ingestion that if, if one part of it's freaking you out, don't do it, you know, yeah. um, and that's cool. It's cool that we have those options. Skillbow makes awesome tincture. I've, I've been hearing that. I'm going to have to hook up with that. Thank you. Absolutely, man. Yeah. yeah. I, I like it because I can dose discreetly with it. I add it to my morning coffee. I use it topically. You know, mm -hmm. uh, it, it's worked out really, really well. And I've been able to help a lot of people out with it. That You know, yeah. people who just absolutely have never smoked a joint in their life and they're 70 years old, they're like, that really works. I can't believe it. I'm like, look, man, I'm just bringing medicine from the 1800s back into the 21st right. century. That's all yeah. I'm doing, man. 
just trying to negate this last hundred years. Of- so is the hash man. He's bringing it back. You know, he's not. You ever made a temple ball? You know, I haven't yet. I, I do have a big batch of fresh frozen in my freezer that I'm planning on working around like that. Uh, it could be very cathartic, man. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It'd be good. There's, you know, I'm, I'm so caught up because I'm pretty new still in this thing and I'm, I have a million ideas going on, you know, for social justice down to how I'm managing my crop and, and hash and stuff. It's like uh, in edibles. I'm super excited about freeze dried edibles because of the it changes the delivery system. Uh, what are you going to make? That? Uh, my thing right now is I'm doing uh, cannabis infused pudding, uh, freeze dried pudding drops that Perfect. are about one and a half to two milligrams each and they just dissolve right in your mouth you don't have to chew them up they're not crunchy or anything i mean they are crunchy but they can just dissolve if you want um so that's one thing i'm doing and there's a lot of other people out there that are infinitely more advanced than me with the freeze drying i thought i was getting it at the ground but there's some incredibly incredibly talented uh chefs actually making stuff with uh that's how we all learn, though. You know what I mean? We can't always be the trailblazer. Yeah. We sometimes benefit from the, the sharpness of their machete, so to say. Totally, totally. And, you know, I've been really surprised at how fantastic everybody in the community has been. I mean, it was two weeks ago. I didn't even have I didn't have an old man hermit hash uh, Instagram. I know. <laughs> you're, you're a new one. It but popped that, right you know, up. I'm so happy that, yeah, I mean, people kind of snatched me up. Herb Natural. Soul grow with terp tonics, you know, and, and I, I grew, I grew one plant that looks really beautiful, you know, and, and it's kind of taken off and it's really, it's been fantastic to have been snatched up by a different community, you know, because I lost my community and it right. was AA. And when I got, when I started using cannabis as medicine, I couldn't go there anymore. And so I haven't had a community. So it's been, and it's really the main reason why I'm old man hermit hatch, right? Because right. I dropped out of society for the last nine months i don't i don't talk to people so this is a <laughs> it's been kind of new you know That's again you ever need an outlet to chat we answer messages all day yeah, Dude, yeah we just kick know. it on there we don't care sometimes Sorry. we record it that's all <laughs> <laughs> right yeah, yeah we're always here for an outlet talking about growing talking about personal stuff it doesn't matter what that happens to be I have an idea for your freeze dryer. So you're talking about these dissolvable pudding drops, and that sounds amazing. Uh-huh. I'm thinking fun dip powder in some sort of THC form. Yep. Yeah. Like figure that out. I'm in. Medicated you know yeah. So a lot of it is emulsifying. We're trying to emulsify THC into a water-soluble form. That's like my new research that I'm kind of working on now. And obviously there's people that can do it. Uh, but doing it at home, I think, is a little different of a project and, and no yeah, one wants to spill any secrets or nothing like that but so i am working on some of that stuff too and really what i'd love to have is a powdered drink you know a drink mix that you can take if you're hiking you're out you know wherever add it to a water bottle that's it you want to have a dosage of a water bottle man it's perfect it's a clever uh, idea limeade or some shit you know yeah, yeah exactly well if you have water soluble cannabinoids you can add that to anything that's right that's really an amazing thing at that point. So what do you think so far? Awesome. I'm having a great time. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's we. cool. Well, we talked a little bit about um, how legalization is always changing here in Michigan. 
Uh, we don't know at the end of the month if caregivers can supply dispensaries, what dispensaries are going to be open, all of this kind of stuff. We talked a little bit about cannabis research. How do you feel further legalization is going to affect cannabis research? You know, do you feel like, you know, if more states become legal, we get more research, is that going to be good or a bad thing? Well, I mean, the research has to be done. I, it has to be a good I, thing, too. I mean, the more yeah. you know, the better, one way or the other. So, My truth is that I'm so disenfranchised with the world at large that I have very little faith. I have very little faith, you know. You become jaded. Well, but you've also seen the other side of the curtain, too, bro. That's kind of the thing is when you're boots on the ground, kind of a first responder, and you're dealing with people who are homeless and people who don't know where their next meal is coming from and people who are on again, off again with their meds, you know, that's very disheartening, man. You know, I mean, you have to be a giving person in order to do that job in the first place. But to not get ground down over time, you know, you have to find a way to recharge your battery. And it sucks because cannabis sounds like it was that thing for you to kind of keep slogging along at it. But because yeah. of the nature of the legislation and the climate of the day, you know, okay, it's legal to recreationally use cannabis in Michigan, but it's a right to work state. And my employer can discharge me at any time for any reason. Right. And cannabis is still kind of frowned upon, man. Right. Well, it's being not. a sports specialist too, my job was my story, my recovery story. You know, I'm supposed to be out there telling people how to get sober and shit, you know, and I'm, you know, and but I think, I don't think that's an oxymoron though, because you're talking about sobriety, which in a way is level headedness and not going to extremes. And your cannabis usage doesn't sound, I'm not trying to, you know, be the uh, the voice on your shoulder, it's okay, go ahead and smoke weed. But at the same time, it sounds like you weren't using it in an addictive manner. So you right. were still being true to the message, but it sucks that you can't put that out there. And you have to be somewhat disingenuous in order to do the job. It's, it's, exactly. it's unfortunate. Exactly. It, you know, moving uh, from uh, traditional Western medicine uh, you know, seeing their doctors and all that kind of stuff. I, I never did any real medications from them, but, and then moving to a cannabis based medicine, literally, I mean, in some ways it destroyed my life. When you think about it, the yeah, can't get a regular job, right? Well, you know, the job I was working for the state. Uh, and if they knew I'd have been fired, uh, you know, and, uh, that's all I've ever done with my life. I was a painter before that of houses. Uh, and so when I started doing this, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't get a job. I'm a felon. I'm a, I'm a habitual felon. So I can't, you know, getting a job in the field that I'm practiced in now is, is way more difficult, even though everyone wants to hire me, you know? Right. Uh, yeah. But so, again, so I can't go be honest at work. Well, here's the thing. Let's, let's play the game. Okay. So let's say that you are dishonest to get these jobs. Even let's just say this is Michigan. You want to get a job in a factory, right? To say, well, I'm going to keep this fake piss in my glove box so that, you know, God forbid I get popped and, you know, right. say I'm driving the forklift and, you know, something falls, you know what's going to happen. 
hey, uh, we need you to go on down and, uh, you know, do not pass go, do not collect $300, go offer up a sample real quick. I mean, you might as well just get your cards because you know what? Every one of us knows one of those people right now. We are those people, bro. (laughs) Personally, I'm good, but it's a risk that everybody's taking, you know, if you... Most company handbooks say you can't smoke, and right. it's an unfortunate thing, but that's how it is. And But it's based upon erroneous information. Listen, listen, I run a kitchen, dude. I smoke more weed than anybody I know, and I don't say that to be funny, and I don't say that to be cool. I just say that in the sense of, like, you know, it's 10 minutes before I'm going to work, better blaze down, and I better hit myself with some axe or whatever I'm using to, you know, be discreet about it. The thing is, my employers know that I smoke because I was honest with them about it. And the whole, you know, it was kind of a nice time to be a, a veteran smoker when the whole thing passed, legalized. All these people came out of the woodwork that were really buttoned up, wanting to talk about weed all of a sudden with me. <laughs> like, you know, I was thinking about starting to grow. And, uh, you know, you're like, oh, well, well we can talk, you know. Uh, but it's just it's it's funny because it hasn't really caught up yet. We're kind of in that gray middle ground. It, it will get cleared up eventually. But in the meantime, you know, us veteran stoners, we got to keep our heads down and sometimes keep our mouths shut. Right. Well, we have to recognize that there's people in that position, at least, you know, I'm open with it with my employer and stuff like that. And that's not an issue. And there's a lot of other people in that same situation, you know, be a grown up and go to work and stuff like that. And it's no big deal. But Obviously, there's certain jobs operating heavy equipment or uh, tractor trailer drivers and stuff like that where you would definitely not condone that stuff. That, I mean, that I don't work. I, I work outside of my degree, yeah. obviously. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, because I can't go work in a business like that. They're but not at the same time, you know, we're, we are right now proving that you're disproving stereotypes, at least as far as... Hey. We may be stoners, but we're able to run this fucking show, man. <laughs> we're, we're <laughs> Maybe not well, but we're doing it, goddammit. Yeah. You know. Uh, it's been good. I, you know, I've listened to a couple, you know, your first couple episodes there on, on Spotify. Super cool. You know, especially that, you know, I love that it's Michigan growers and that you guys are willing to approach topics like this, you know, um, because I think this is super important in, in poverty. You know, it's, it's my, one of my, my biggest missions is it's it's a poverty issue. You know, it's not a race issue or any of that other. There's all these different scales that people are weighing social issues on, but the bottom line is it's money. You know, uh, the United States has patents on cannabinoids. Why? There's up until very recently they're saying there's no medicinal value. So why do they hold patents on it? You know, because the they're gonna bone. Moved. They're gonna bone every single one of us. You know, it's how I feel about it. I think that. There's a lot of things going on that are they're trying to take control out of the hands of caregivers. We get all our stuff tested. Any actual caregivers that I know, they get all their stuff tested because they're not trying to hand meds out to their clients that they can't prove what's in it. We want to know what what is the profile of this stuff. What kind of entourage effect can we expect? You, know? you want to know if you've got mold in your hash. Right, that too, yeah, exactly. I mean, As a patient, let's say that one of the people that you are offering meds to has some kind of respiratory infection already pre-existing. They smoke this, now they get really sick. You know, it's, I, there's a pre-existing condition going on typically when you're dealing with a medical patient. And it's something that you have to be conscious of and, dare I say, ethical about. 
And this is my, it's my massive, it's my mission in life too with the, you know, with the homeless, right? Because out of any population I've ever worked with, they are by far, they need the medicine more. They really do. I mean, people that, the people that I know that, that live on the streets really need, they need medicine and not the medicine that I've been given them for the last 12 years either. You know, the mental health medicine that's out there right now, and I'm not necessarily saying that cannabis is good for all mental health issues, but I think there's a lot of work to be done to figure out what it's good for, right? There's funding and room for exploration there, for sure. Yes, a ton, you know, but these people have literally, all they can get is weed. They can just get weed. That's not, I don't consider weed medicine. You know, if I'm buying some weed on the street and I don't know anything about it, I don't consider that medicine. You know, it's weed. That's recreational. And I I love that people can do that. But for people that need medicine, someone should be sitting down with people and really going over their symptoms and helping them figure out a direction to go in terms of a cannabis medicine. You know, there's just not access like that yet. Right. No and one there is- may and there may never be. We have to accept that. And just like you and I and sequence have all come to where we're at as far as the understanding. We all know we have far to go. We don't claim to know very much. But at the same time, it was our enthusiasm and our determination to try to get this information. And you have to meet it halfway like that. These people need to say, you know what, if if I really want access, it will come up. It will eventually you'll find access to the plan. It always happens that way. But, you know, if I am poor and I am homeless and I'm living in the woods and the only weed I can score is, you know, whatever I can find, you know, I say that I can use my nose and I can smell it and I can tell whether it's going to work for me or not just from remembering what strains like that have done for me in the past because I try to keep track of all this shit. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, so you can, <laughs> it, it becomes a hit or miss thing though. The good thing is, is that since sativas are longer flowering plants, most people that want access to the plant tend to want indicas so that's what there tends to be the most of out there because you can pull one of those down in seven eight nine weeks rather than 12 13 14 15 16 plus weeks on a sativa so you know it but it is it's it's one of those things that you want to see changed you want to see your enthusiasm take hold with other people and the way that starts is by doing what we're doing right now which is hey we are sitting down having this conversation with you and we are just kicking it, man. And we're talking about things that we believe and that we are enthusiastic about. We're not doctors. We don't claim to be doctors. I know someone's going to flame us in the comments. How dare you do this sort of thing? Hey, I get it. I understand where you're coming from. I would just like to please ask that you realize that the conversation that we're having isn't some unique conversation that no one else is having. A lot of people are talking about this, and we would like to try to see people that want access to this information find a way to come to it. Maybe they right. stumble on this show. Maybe they don't. doesn't really matter. I just want people to have access. That's the end of my soliloquy. Well, and yeah. we're talking about possibilities here, you know, and, and 
it, all this is so new that, and we don't really have any lockdown, although it's coming, we don't have a whole lot of lockdown evidence on these types of issues, you know? Um, Anecdotal at best. Yeah, right? And so I can only speak on my experience in working with folks, uh, and my personal experience, obviously, but uh, it's just, it's hard for me to, I don't want to sound dramatic, but I always do, right? Like, I don't like living in a world that people don't give a shit enough to help people with nothing. It's madness. There is enough for everyone in the world. There is no one should be homeless. It's ridiculous. The Walt, you know, if we, <laughs> if we were to take all of the Waltons money, they're the owners of Walmart, we could end world hunger, world hunger, one family, you know? So know, but this maybe. proves to you that that money isn't the real problem. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I don't know. I mean, it's a selfishness, bro. It is. It, it is. I like to talk about, you know, I'm old. So when I talk to a lot of people in, in cannabis, they tend to be in their 20s and 30s where, you know, I'm closer to 50 than 40. And <clears throat> I'm more of a 20th century person about this. You know, I want people to, you know, come together and, you know, let's all just, you know, you know how to be nice. You know, if you can figure out what pisses somebody off, don't do it. Just, you know, avoid doing that sort of thing. Be cool. Right. You'll 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 have a better life. People will like you more. But the 21st century way is to flame each other in comments and to be dismissive or to feel like I'm building myself up by tearing somebody else down. And so it's not a cannabis problem. It's a, it's a societal problem. And yeah, it's, it's much bigger. That side of me. What's that? I'm really trying to embrace that side of me personally. What, the troll side? Yeah. <laughs> the troll side. There you go. No, but I mean, you know, what are we really talking about here, guys? We talk me. About... Sorry, go ahead. You can go ahead. It's fine. No, I want you to go ahead. You're better. Go ahead. I'm better. Okay. Well, I, was saying, <laughs> I think that we're talking about utilizing cannabis as medicines in a sense. And I think maybe we should help people help teach people how to choose what strains are good for them. So for me, what I'll do is go up to the dispensary and grab the smallest amount that I can of each of their strains, right? And take it back home and try one of those um, before you've tried anything else and see what the effect of that is and maybe write it down and then try all of those and keep a log of these things. And then when you start growing plants, you'll know which ones to select for medicinal use. I don't know if any of you guys agree or disagree with that, but I wanted to kind of go over that because we talked about selecting things that were good for you, but we never really talked about how. Right. True. So, so specifically what I would say is this. So I said, what's wrong with me? Let's say, just do it again. I have Gulfor syndrome slash fibro and I've got crushed discs in my neck my back i have insomnia um i battle with depression and i sometimes have ptsd so i try to find things that are going to a take my pain and turn it from say you know i'm not dramatic i'm not going to say oh my god my pain's at a nine but let's just say that i'm operating at what i consider a six 
that's a typical run. Okay. When it starts turning up to seven and eight, I notice that shit. And I'm like, oof, I gotta turn this back down. So when I use cannabis, it's not this is the thing I can't get people to realize that don't smoke or don't use it. It doesn't turn it off. It doesn't turn the pain off. And I think that's one of the things that people come in with expectations from opiates that, well, I should just be able to, it just should stop hurting, you know? And it's like, well, okay, I get that, but you can't do that long-term, bro. You don't get magic without the trade-off. Yeah. Your liver is going to thank you later. Right. So, you know, I just want to turn the pain down or I want to turn my mood up. So I like to tell people that if I can find a blue strain, we talked to Kyle Gardner of uh, First Class Genetics the other day, and we were talking about blue strains. And he and I had talked about the Blue Widow. And I was like, man, that stuff is sensational. You know, I love that because it was a great combination of helping me get over the blues, man. And it gave me some daytime energy and it really kind of helped with creativity again. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, man, you know, when you're coming away from, you know, the five or six or seven medications that I was on previously, you know, going back and forth, you don't ever feel like that. Right. You know, your level is kind of down here. And to be able to feel up here is like, oh, wow. And my back doesn't hurt. That's, that's great, man. Um, strains that have worked for me. Uh, if you have fibro and you have brain fog, look into using AK-47. It's really good for helping you with clarity. Some people say that the pinene in it is what actually is helping you. Um, if you are dealing with back pain, let me know what you're using because I'm still looking. <laughs> you know, um, Afghanis work well. Um, and s- let me see. I don't know, man. I can't really speak on the pain one. It's I haven't found one that really does the trick the way I want it to consistently. Mm-hmm. Have you guys? I mean, everybody here is dealing with pain. I have. I what think do you that, I think that you're going to want to find something that's got more CBD to it for your pain. Um, you know but, what's funny is I just haven't had good luck with that. Like, I've tried canatonic and stuff like that, and I'm like, eh, you know. Well, we, did, we did for a, a patient of mine that had back surgery and had discs replaced and stuff like that. Actually got them on CBD gummies that were made out of CBD isolate. I'm sure you could make them out of CBD, whatever. Right. But, uh, that completely got them off of any narcotic pain relievers. Oh yeah. Just using that. I, uh, I eat a 20 milligram honey stick every morning. You know, uh, we make them up just out of isolate. And uh, I mean, it's just part of my daily, daily, everyday thing. And it's not, you know, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you a story about, well, actually, no, I'll, I'll skip that for a second. but. Uh, in terms of flour, what I've been using, uh, honestly, the garlic cane I just came up with is amazing. It's super, super body, you know. Uh, yeah. So it's got so it's GMO and in, in uh, Solaricane, but I think it's a little more GMO leaning. I like GMO specifically. Yeah, I've I've had that not in flour yet. I, every time I've had that, I've had like Dabsmith has done runs on you know GMO and stuff, and yeah. I I not only love the taste, which is funny because I can remember years ago looking at that stupid uh, it was a greenhouse seeds flavor wheel, and I don't know if you've ever seen it or not. It's all the different colors, and it goes mm-hmm. through the flavors and stuff. And I remember reading years ago, I was talking about onions and garlic, and you know this is probably like two thousand. 12 or 13 i'm laughing like who in the hell 
would want to smoke some garlic ass weed. And then the first time I smelled it, I didn't know what it was called. I was like, that is some of the funkiest shit, man. I got to try it. And the flavor is dead on. And it just, it's really good medicine. I think it's Mercine, isn't it? Is it Mercine that the, uh, it's more of the spicy, peppery? Yeah, I've always loved peppery weeds, man. Yeah. I want to ask you a question that's kind of on a tangent here. Because you're growing, Skilbo and I talked about this actually way off the air in a personal conversation. You're growing Slurricane Cross with GMO. Uh-huh. Two huge hype strains yeah. mashed together. Yep. Did you have a, a problem with consistency or, you know, variance between the plants and all the different types of phenos and all of this stuff? Uh, yeah, actually. I mean, it's pretty stable. There's there's obviously the two leaners, right? And one was the shorter, bushier one. That's the number one pheno. And that one's a little... It's a little fruitier. It like has some fruity undertones to it, um, but still pretty garlicky. Uh, I think it might be a little bit more potent in terms of uh, medicine. Okay. And then the really dark one, which is the number four, which is super, super garlicky. I mean, Oof, dude, that's sensational, man. That's wow. I'm, uh, I don't know. I've never grown anything like it. Thank you, in house genetics. Keep it around, man. If you ever yep. see, you, I'll take a cut. I, I've, I've got them. I'm, uh, I'm actually holding off growing right now for a minute. Uh, Taking a break. Well, I, I got to pay some electric bills, so I'm working on yeah, and some stuff. <laughs> so I'm yeah. keeping there my, we go. With, yeah. keeping my mother's short, and uh, you know they're good. Nothing they're good. else. Just run some little LED or T5 lights, you know, and just do a long-term veg. Maybe turn a couple of the bulbs off so you're not running so much, not just for energy, but so the plants won't grow so much. So you can really do a longer veg. Right. You know? In terms of lighting, I'm, I've got a, a couple Next Lights, which I'm, you know, I really like Next Light. I've got a Veg 8 um, and a Mega. And in terms of uh, keeping in veg, those are my, my veg lights for uh, yeah. my tent. So. Are these both LED lights? Yes. They're... Uh, they're actually a, a clear LED too, instead of a spectrum. So mm. it is a little controversial initially. I think of the science behind clear versus uh, uh, spectrum LED. Dude, I, I'm I'm a blurple guy. I get the cheap Chinese <laughs> Amazon ones. Don't worry, I don't take offense to it. I use mine for veg only. Yeah, no, I I wish I had a bunch more LEDs. It'd be great. It's that access again, though, that we were talking about those those limiting factors on you know being able to get into this gear and this tech. Exactly. Exactly. And so I, I run uh, phantom DEs in my in my grow and I've got thirteen foot ceilings, but Beautiful. I, can't, I can't afford uh, an air conditioner, you know? Right. Like I need a, a pretty sweet mini split to manage thirteen foot ceilings in there. So And see that's where you start thinking about maybe you need to look into look LED, even a DIY kit, so that you can avoid having to use AC altogether thereby making your operating costs lower in the long run. It's just that initial hurdle to get that gear, man. And you're like, well, I can't even afford to run the fucking garden, man. How am I going to save up to be able to to buy this tech? Right. See, I'm looking at you, bro. Well, and it's hard to afford to buy all that tech if you want to, you know, truly keep your whole garden above board and you don't want to, like, Right. You know, Slow go up. all these back market channels and, you know, try to turn it into a profit making thing. Right. Like, right. And at the time, you don't realize 
at the time you don't realize that just getting plant trays is going to cost you a hundred bucks, you know, right. and flood trays. Yeah. And it all adds up really quick. And you know, the only reason why I have really nice led lights is because I had made sacrifices in other places. Right. And like, you know, if I was in a different situation, maybe that would have been impossible. Well, and the cart and the horse is different for each person. Right. So where we have Hermit said, I want to make great hash. He focused all of his funds at that point of production. You, right. on the other hand, said, okay, check this out. I am going to run these badass LEDs and just smash it. And then everything else will come along with it. My veg game will get better, obviously. You know what I mean? And I'll be able to cycle plants through faster. But he can't afford to get into the kind of uh, concentrate making that he would like to right now. So yeah, right. You know, there's always some kind of hurdle that's got to be crossed, you know, and sacrifices do get made. Without and having investors and stuff being completely yeah. vertically integrated is super hard. Like, I focus so hard on the grow that I have to look to a guy like you just to process my stuff when I'm done right. in order right. to get a really quality result. And that's right. good because there needs to be a business interaction there too. If I were to try to add that on top of what I'm doing already, man, I can't, you know, that's another couple years down the line. Right. I was just going to say 12 to 18 months of oh, yeah. just, you know, putting some pennies aside here and there. You know, it'll come eventually. But we all know that the grow fails at some point too. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's going to be a mechanical issue. You're going to have to just buy new timers every once in a while. That shit wears out. You're going to need to buy new fans, new carbon filters, new bulbs. Each one of these things adds up over time. There is an operating cost to doing this. Right. And if you don't think about it, it's going to be what stumbles. You know, that's what's going to get you in the end. So, right. you know, but the nice thing is, is as a personal home grower, sometimes you just got to make that executive decision. Nope, this is what we're doing, man. And, and damn be the consequences. Your thing is, I may not be able to pump out the weight that I want so that I can get the amount of return that I want. But you go, well, yeah, but the return I'm getting is fucking sensational and I don't <laughs> need yield of it. Right. Yeah, more than enough. So, you know, those executive decisions right there, you know, that's it's just part of being a grower. Yeah, it's been, uh, you know, it was kind of part of my idea with the whole thing, too, when I when I decided to go with a solvent list and just, you know, do hash because I don't know anybody else who's doing that. I know a lot of people that are on BHO and, you know, some alcohol. Squishing, um, you know. Yeah, a lot of people with presses. But this is, it's a, almost an artisanal thing, too, you know. It's like, this is not a, you're pushing a button and, and smashing a lever, you know. It, it's, every plant is you different need. even each pheno has different size trichome heads i mean it it's a whole art in itself and i'm like really infatuated with the process of it and uh, you know i mean you see people like frenchie or duchess who have been doing this a long time and they they can tell they can get a scope and look at a bud and they can tell you what micron screen's gonna dump you know it's funny we were talking about those temple balls. That's who I was thinking of was Duchess. I watched oh, her make yeah. those, and I was like, "Man, that's like perfect." <laughs> yeah, I'm a little scared to do it too. I mean, it's I could see it being uh, it couldn't go wrong. I guess it, could, but, it can't go wrong. Yeah, it, I mean, yeah. at worst, you're gonna smoke the end product one way or the other. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Part of one of my ideas with with setting up like this was because I don't know anybody who's doing it, and I thought, God, if I've got a freeze dryer. The things I could do just for the people in my 
local grow community, you know, somebody's making right. hash or whatever they want, you know, like a lot of, there's a lot of even just food prep stuff. I mean, there's endless sure. amounts of things you can do with a, a freeze dryer that you, and nobody really is doing it because they're kind of expensive, but the stuff you can do is really unique, you know, um, and it's preservation at its utmost best. You know, there's no better way to preserve food than freeze drying. It's, it's remarkable. I can, I can freeze dry an edible, throw it in a Ziploc and basically, I mean, it's good for a year in a Ziploc bag, you know? Uh, right. No matter what's in it. It's cool. doesn't right. go bad. Is there a cheap poor man's way to do this? Is uh, there like a cheaper freeze, freeze dryer you can buy, or do you really just need to spend the bucks and get the real one and you save yourself the headache? So I got the pharmaceutical one because it's got more shelves and I can okay. do more powder with it. Um, the parameters are different. Yeah, it's okay. a little more adjustable. There is a home version that only has four shelves. I'm not sure if you can adjust the shelf temps. I didn't even look at it really, but I think that one's about twenty-five on the box. Okay. So there is a cheaper way to get into it, and I knew I do know some hash makers that just use the home version, um, and their hey. stuff looks great. So, anybody on uh, in a Michigan situation that we can check out with that that you can call. Oh boy, I mean Michigan made melts. I see a lot of their stuff around. Um, I don't know. I like I said, I'm, I'm still. I don't actually follow a whole lot of. No, no, know. no. You're new to Instagram, so we don't expect you to know yeah, right? very well. It's been kind of explosive, the Instagram yeah. thing. You know, it's cool. I wanted to bring up though that like watching you speak about the way that you like hash or the way that you love hash and the process and the trichome heads and the different phenos and stuff, just like Scobo said earlier, you, you know, you light up, like, I hope I light up when I talk about growing cannabis, you know, it's like an enthusiasm, true yeah. passion for it, you know, yeah. and you can really see it. It's Frenchie talks the same way. You can tell that you've been listening to them and it kind of rubbed off on you. And that's a really good inspiration to have in the hash game. So um, I think well, you're on the right track, man. I won't insist, you know, that it's that I'm sieving only and that I'm not extracting. That's uh, Frenchie's argument a lot is that, you know, we're sieving, we're not extracting. Have you ever watched the uh, videos on YouTube of like the dudes in, I don't know if it's Afghanistan or if it's North Africa or whatever, but this dude is making like a propane tank with like a hubcap and he starts off with the key and he gets it all warm and he's using his heel and he's making this perfectly flat thing, and he keeps flipping it over and lighting uh, fire. Have you seen that one? No, no. Oh yeah, dude, you gotta check, check it out. that out. Yeah, and there's another one where there's like, I can't remember what it was if it was a vice or anything else. Stoner man, you gotta cut me some slack. But anyway, they were walking through this big town in, uh, and this was in North Africa. And this building, the whole corner of it was just full of fucking keef, dude. Just all sift. You know, and they're like, oh, yeah, we aged this, you know, for like three years or whatever. I'm like, holy Whoa. shit. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, there's like a whole old school, old world style of hash. And then you have like the ultimate home bullshit hash, which is, you know, you take your keef and you take some wax paper and, you know, or newspaper, you wet it, you put it inside the cigarette cellophane, <laughs> then you iron it with the washcloth. And, you know what I mean? Uh -huh. Do it for 60 seconds, flip it over, right, you know. Right. It it's not quite the same thing, you know. 
It really isn't, you know. I, I mean, having had like real legitimate hashish when I was younger, um, it really is a different thing in terms of just the way it comes out in the end and it's it's finished product because the trichome heads aren't all beat up, you know. They're not broken apart and, and oh, all of mine are. Running. Mine are mine are all terrible. <laughs> Mine all come from like a trim tray, you know what I mean? So <laughs> dry ice, dark, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. We we process Keith every every once in a while too. You know, I have I have some friends that I kind of work with, and you know, I've got the Wana Honey guy Keith and another buddy Jim, and Jim's got the press, and my other buddy does everything else. So we talk about it a lot, but it's uh, there's a lot of options, you know. So I think it's funny that you can take. Okay, take this one plant. Now we can grind it up and we can smoke it in the joint, or we can put it in a bowl for a bong. It's two different tastes. Or we can press it and make rosin. We can dab it. Or we can do some kind of BHO on it and bam, it's going to be a little bit different. Or we could dry sift it, or we could make bubble hash out of it. Like right. it's different a little bit every time you know what i mean so you can really dial in your favorite way to use your favorite strain and the whole time we've been talking i've been thinking about sequence has this blueberry headband and i'm thinking to myself wow i wonder what that would taste like i'm wondering what that's that would taste like too i've seen pictures of of, of that on his instagram exactly them, right but yeah the so, blueberry headband extracted is blue so i, I do know that oh. <laughs> at least yeah. with the rosin press so mechanically extracted it should be blue so uh if i can get it blue i might need to cool it off somehow uh maybe we could make some hash out of it it's an interesting color that would be sweet i've got little washers and big washers you know <laughs> i only have one plant of the blueberry headband in my flower room but it's the frostiest plant even the buds that have no light um they're so frosty that the leaves are tacoed completely uh, I don't even know why. There's, it's not late. I told you I want that thing. That's mm. yeah. I gotta take some pictures of that. It's really neat. I've never seen that on a plant before. Huh. Um, I wanted to ask you one more question. So, sure. For me, working with the plant kind of is a therapeutic thing for me. Like, you know, I come from a, a depression background, like mostly emotionally. You know, so growing plants and having my hands on and working with them and kind of, I don't know if being in control of the plants helps, but like all of the things involved with the garden and managing it really helps with me. Does that translate to you? You know, you're mechanically separating trichome heads. You're doing all of these things more with your hands than a lot of, you know, BHO and machine processes, you know, does that provide healing for you? Every single thing I've done, since I quit my job and started really focusing on cannabis as a medicine for myself, it's absolutely been a spiritual thing. You know, I mean, I was in AA for 15 years regularly. I, I do have spiritual practice, you know, and it's super loose. I'm not a, you don't seem very uptight at all. That's not, nice. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't like to subscribe to any particular anything. You know, um, but I think being in my grow and when I'm doing that type of work, uh, it takes me to a different space for sure. You know, uh, I've had the most intense spiritual moments in my grow 
of my entire life, and I've had a lot of spiritual stuff go on through my life. Um, but I would say that, you know, gardening or working with plants, working with soil, you know, uh, it's a microverse in a way, you know, that we get to live in instead. And, and it really is, it's a safe place for me. Okay. I have like a lot of PTSD stuff and, and uh, anxiety and depression, all this stuff, but I don't feel safer than when I'm in my grow. I guess that's probably what I mean by saying like you're kind of in charge of that spot at least. Yeah, I caught you know, it. Like, when you, I caught it when you said that. Like you yeah. kind of alluded to control, right? And yeah. it is sort of control, but it it's a, it's a really such a symbiotic relationship. Obviously, they need us, you know, and we are providing them with not just like nutrients. The nutrients are shit. I can throw a scoop of of, of shit into a pot, and it's fine. I can grow a whole plant like that, but I need to take care of it and nurture it. And it, at the same time that I'm doing that, I get everything that I need spiritually. And you're getting, you're being grounded. Yeah. Hands in the dirt grounds you out. Exactly. That goes for your backyard. That goes for your potted plants. It's, you know what I mean? That mm-hmm. it can be very cathartic to you and it can be a place of organized chaos. <laughs> yeah, definitely a lot of chaos for sure. Uh, <laughs> Being that I haven't grown for a long time, I, I make mistakes. Not well, all my plants turn out very great. <laughs> we turn, we learn a lot about ourselves through our gardens. You know, like when the plants go bad, how you respond emotionally <laughs> if you're really upset or you know, however that goes. You know, you yep. learn a lot that way, or you know how you're growing with your garden. You know, different mm-hmm. things that you're learning and. Not everybody's out there consuming shows, but if someone is listening to this, they obviously are, and they care about their plants, so I'm sure that their plants look pretty good. So I think that those people are on the right track, and I think that you are too, you know, consuming knowledge like from Frenchie and learning everything that you can really learn is how you get the beautiful pictures like you have or, you know, anyone else. From a philosophical standpoint, I would say that by let's say that you came to this later in life and you've never grown so much as a tomato and this is what you're doing for the first time. Learning to take care of a plant can lead to structure and that can lead to you learning to take better care of yourself. I meant to allude to that. Yeah, like the structure of watering plants every so often is really important for people in life. Like if you don't have that in your life in any other way, it can really help. Everything needs an outlet. Mm-hmm. Well, it gives you, you know, I mean, it gave me, because I had only worked with people, you know, people, people, people. All I did was talk all day. You know, I just had to be outgoing and really involved with people's intimate situations, you know, and it was that feeling that that when I quit it, I got so addicted to being by myself because yes, because there's so much of that psychological vampiricism on it that is inherent in that yeah. profession. Yeah, and I, you know, it was a really amazing feeling, and I, kind of the relationship that I have with my grow, is like the relationship that I had with the world, you know, but it's me in plants, not me in people. 
which are so much more complicated than plants. Um, yeah. You can know what you can expect from a clone, you know, and that's something <laughs> you can really benefit from. Yeah. And nobody's life is on the line, and that's nice. Uh, Not anymore up here. Right? No, you know, I want to I want to point something out. We've done this whole show, and it's been an hour and a half or so, and I'm thinking, like, okay, we've talked about all these things, and we've never even asked you in what medium you grow or how you do it or what <laughs> – nutrients you use because you know what that's not really important to what we're talking about you know yeah. it just this is more of like uh cannabis chill you know maybe one too many bowls kind of conversation <laughs> people you know you had said earlier that you know the mental health issues and i had said that everybody has mental health issues it's it's a reality that the world and the pace that we live in is driving us to this. And so, you know, I'm not saying you have to smoke more or use more, but I'm saying you have to slow down. You have to find a way to positively renew yourself and get recharged. And you need a positive outlet. You know, it's it's very difficult to be positive in a negative world. And it's very easy to become jaded. Exactly. You know, and that's something that is different for each one of us and how we're going to, you know, come through that is on each on each one of us. But we are a community, whether we want to be or not. So we need to try to come together, meet new people, start new conversations and not just exist in an echo chamber and not just in our instance. We're talking to you. You're new to Instagram, you know. You don't have 7,000 followers. We're not trying to ride any capes here. We just wanted to kick it. You hit us up through a DM, and you know that started a conversation between us. And so I told him, I said, well, you know, I might as well just create this fucking group chat. And then, you know, that way I'm not the middleman on relaying information. And that's how this starts organically. Right. There's nothing I, forced, you know. Right. And I think the more people can... Anybody that's seen any of my Instagram stuff, I'm just, it's more about, I'm just. You're just a dude. Yeah, well, I'm talking philosophy on there, too. You know, it's like, okay, yeah, look, here's some cool weed picture. But also, underneath that, I tend to have some other agendas, you know. I, I'm trying to rally uh, community a little bit. And, um, I mean, there's all, we live in a recreational state, you know, and we have secret sessions. Why? I mean. I get it, but at the same time, I don't feel like we should be that secret anymore, really. Um, I'd like to see more real, in the community, gatherings and stuff where it's actually just okay, you know? And I'm still finding that the stigma of it, no matter how many dispensaries are in my town or how many people smoke pot or use it as medicine or whatever, I, I, don't, I don't see any real actual community like just hangout stuff you know it's weird no, it's still the same old mindset man it's it's, it's changing one person at a time and yeah. you know old stereotypes have to die with us too <laughs> right yeah i gave my mom a cbd stick uh this is maybe three four weeks ago now and i called her a week later and i said mom did you, did you do that you know she try that. I gave her like five or six of them, you know, so she could right. do it some days in a row. And she was like, I'm going to take it at my friend's house so she can watch me and make sure 
Okay. She's a trip sitter. <laughs> yeah, you know, after my lengthy explanation about how there's no psychoactive effects and all this right, stuff. Right. Ah, mom, come on, you know. He was probably disappointed at that point. He probably got to go get an eighth of shrooms for her or something. <laughs> exactly. It should be trying mom, to drive her car. Call, think it's fine. No, mom, call Agnes back. <laughs> right. You're going to be fine. Good Lord. <laughs> I'm glad that people are talking more about addiction in cannabis. I think that is a... I mean, as almost everything in cannabis legislation has been a massive disservice to every single human being that there is. And I'm Except looking at those that. that right, exactly. And that that's going to continue. You know, I don't I don't see that's any why we have it. access to it. Right. Right. Until they can really figure out how to fleece the situation entirely, which will never happen because uh, we're all, you know, we're going to Johnny Appleseed yeah. the world. man. Yeah. Johnny Appleseed the world. I'm into it. I'm into it. But um, I'm all out of questions to ask you, so I guess I'm just curious. Uh, Scobo, do you have anything else that you would like to ask or uh, anything? I'm really been interested just talking to you this whole time. You're really chilling with our vibe. Everything that you're preaching is right, you know, seems like it's right to me, you know. It's in our wheelhouse. I sure. believe in using it as medicine for me. I believe in, you know, all everything that you're doing over there. I would love to try out your flash freezer. Like, yeah, man. It's amazing. Anytime. I mean, that's one of the reasons I got it. I really wanted to be able to just in my own community with anybody be like, come on over and use it. It's awesome. You know, and it's kind of rare to have. So yeah, bring stuff by, man. I think if I had to ask you a question, I would say, what, what do you want to see in the next couple of years in your growth? What do you want to focus on? What do you want to, we had talked about where we started and you, okay. So you've got this banging ass processing system. What do you want to do next? Mm, I really want to, in my grow, focus on uh, hash strains specifically. I mean, the one that I'm running now obviously is really good. I'd love to incorporate uh, some more CBD into hash, I think. I mean, obviously having a two to one or, or a one to one would be amazing. Um, I have some friends that have some, some CBD strains that I'm, you know, looking to do, but I got all, are, are they one to one? They are. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because if not, we did a program with Eagle Gardens and he runs Subcool's gear. And I know that yeah. Subcool offers several one to ones. And so here we go. I'm just trying to provide access to someone information. Hey, you know what? This is what you're looking for. This is something you can try. For sure. For sure. I actually got really lucky and, and hooked up with DJ Short some oh, nice. back too. And uh, so I got quite a bit of his genetics and I got some oh, rosemary. Yeah. What do you got? I got a couple packs of newberry, which is. What is that? Oh, man. The new blueberry. It's uh, actually, I can even. Sh- Show it to you real quick since you're right. seed porn. There we go. So it's uh, yeah, Blue Heaven and uh, Blueberry F4. Pretty sweet. You seen any pictures of it yet? Yeah, I haven't, I haven't grown any out yet. No, 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 no. but But, you know, I've seen a lot of. A lot of pictures of this stuff. It looks amazing. Where'd you get your seeds from? Uh, I do Neptune usually. 
Neptune. Um, okay. Yeah. All my stuff I got a DJ's stuff I got from him, but I usually order stuff through Neptune. They're I don't know, been you never reliable have with me. And Excellent. great freebies. Uh, I got a blue nana strain as a freebie that was that I grew out this round and that was really great. It's a little cheesy and Ooh, yeah. It's, it's good. I'm I'm real, I'm into it. Probably worked well for your back, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the depression, you felt a little better. Yeah. I, the I still I still bounce back to, you know, some sativa, you know, more sativa leaning stuff. Have you tried Blue Dream? You know, I can't believe it, but I haven't. Believe it or not, I, I've. Oh, no, I can believe it, man. I mean, yeah. Well, I, the thing that's nice about that is you get the blueberry, but you also get that haze. Right. So you get that that sativa, and you know it works really well for depression. It's a great daytime smoke, and it's it's good for um, like people with fibro. It does really well for them. They use that as their right. like go to strain. Yeah, um, and as far as growing goes, that yields good too. It, though that's why so many people did grow it is because it did yield well, you know. And then other finicky strains that people you know we know about from say five six years ago, nobody's running that gear anymore because it it didn't it either didn't yield well or it was kind of a bitch to work with and you know we right. we don't Super want to run stuff like them. that yeah exactly it just didn't fit for our gardens or our style yeah. so we're like nope on to the next one on to the next one and then that's an addiction in itself too you, you start seeing all these new strains coming out and you're like you look at what you've got going and you look at your phone and you're like damn you know yeah i did that initially you know i when I was setting up my grow, I spent a bunch of money on genetics, you know. And Oof, you can get carried away so easily. I didn't, I, I didn't need to, you know. That was a, that's what I didn't really understand at the time. Was like me either. I can clone, you know. I could, I can yeah. get one pack, choose one, choose the best plant, you know. Get clones of everything, but yeah, you, know, you can just make crops so easily. I didn't understand that. I, I was more caught up in the idea of breeding and working genetics and all that kind of stuff but who's got the time for that you know I'm, I'm you do and I grow. It's like, <laughs> you do you've got time for that sure i'm trying hey, i gotta you know get a couple what? other rooms set up you know you just yeah just get a cheapo light and a tent and you know set it up yeah so you brought I up i have an 1800 square foot workshop uh that i was able to wow. section off uh one room and then i have my washroom uh, which has a drain in the floor and everything. Sweet. Yeah. It's perfect. It's air conditioned. So it's cool. It works. Literally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you brought up wanting to grow more strains that you know are good for making hash in the future, which obviously makes sense given your business. Are those strains different than strains that are known to be good for other forms of extracting? Like, say, glue strains are known to be really good for uh, oil production for BHO? You know, again, I, it's all about trichomes. Um, so the more, the better, obviously. And, and for hash, actually, the looser the bud, the better. Um, like those airy kind of larfy buds with a bunch, a bunch of crystal on them. Those are the best to wash. So the really dense nuggets are harder to break up. You end up with more plant material. Um, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But it's hard to, you know, it's hard to find a larfy plant, you know. These days, yeah, just, to grow a, just, a, just a poorly grown one, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you just gotta uh, crank it up. Yeah, I didn't. 
the, the garlic cane I'm growing is probably the tightest. I don't know. It's crazy. Oh, come it's on, man. You're, like, kidding, you're killing me with this, man. I'm dying for this. I, it's, I've been losing my mind with it, you know? It's it's by far the best stuff I've ever grown. I'm super pumped about it. I want to, you know, I only got five. I only grew out five plants of it. So okay, so I, this is I, your second run now? My second run is, is ready to flower. I'm ready okay. to flip right now, so. Did you take, you took, uh, you said you ran five, so I'm assuming you took five clones. Did you call any, or did you, now you've made your decision and you're saying, I'm going to keep all five? I kept two of the five. Uh, okay. The other three, while they were fantastic, uh, they didn't have the nose. You know, there was a, okay. I was sure. really aiming for the two, you know, I wanted a balance. Well, maybe not a balance. Maybe I wanted it to be a little more polar. I wanted one that was really, really garlicky and peppery. GMO, and then I wanted one that leaned a little more slurricane, which is. I've never tried slurricane. I don't. I don't know. I've heard really good things about it, though. I bought it based on the way it looks. And then it's the crystal. I saw it. It looked like like the craziest crystally stuff I had ever seen. And then I saw it. It dropped with the GMO cross, and I bought it right away. And I think that was kind of it. I'm not sure that they even did another run of. No, that's the problem these days is that, you know, it's like it's here today and gone tomorrow. And if you, I mean, there's there's got to be a hundred strains that come out a month. Oh, easily. There it's has crazy. to be. Yeah. Crazy, crazy amount of different strains, you know. You know, so if you didn't buy them now and then it becomes an issue, too, because like, how am I supposed to know what the hell to grow? Right. How do I know what's stable even, you know, when you're buying genetics like. Are you getting F1s or, you know, I mean, what's the genetics? I think most things are F2 or less now. Right. What about you guys? What uh, What are you guys looking to get in your garden? Here? Well, I posted pictures of my veg plants today. I'm very, very excited for my veg to come up here soon. Um, I'm running Ethos Citral Glue R1. So that's Citral Skunk and Gorilla Glue number four crossed. And uh, I'm also growing Crescendo reverse back cross uh, version one so that's their highest thc version of crescendo and uh that's a cookie strain so i'm excited very very excited to flower both of those plants that i have in flower now are pretty and uh my next version of the room is going to have a double layer scrog net with twice as much lights so it should be pretty cool here pretty soon i'm really into ethos stuff i've been keeping track of him for a little bit i he's the one thing i'm well not the one thing the one seeds I'm really going to pick up at the cup this year is he's got a new skunk that's coming out. I was going to ask you if you were going to be at cup and uh, I'm also looking at seeds from him from cup. Yeah. Um, Orange Kush cake. He's releasing a cup, I think. And uh, that's limited to 500 packs. So we'll see. True. But I'm really, right. It looks good. So which yeah. day are you going to be at the cup? Uh, Saturday. Yeah. What day will our guests be at the cup? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Uh, I'm, I don't know. I'm going to try to go hook up with a friend of mine, uh, Smoke and Art Industries. Really cool dude. I think I follow uh, Smoke and Art. He's, he's awesome. Really like that guy. He just had a video, by the way, that uh, Cypress Hill picked up and put nice. music over. So that was cool. Super cool. That happened yesterday. Awesome. But, uh, yeah, great guy. And he's going to have a booth up there with uh, – Shit. I can't remember who I should look that up real quick so I don't look like a 
jerk when it's he listens tradition to on our show. <laughs> Everybody steps in that trap, man. He, he, he's right. That's the tradition. We'll, we'll do that now, though. Like, uh, you already did one, but who would you like to shout out, you know, in the Michigan community? You don't have to limit it to one necessarily, but who's no, kind man. of Names people that we day. should be looking at that are Michigan growers. Who should we talk to? Maybe try to invite to have on here. You know, who do you like talking to? All of that stuff. You know, my uh, my my buddy from Jackson, Wana Honey. He's he is infinitely more interesting than me. He, he uh, he's got an Don't incredible cut yourself short, bro. Ah, he's 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 different. He's he's a really interesting guy. He uh, lives on a property. This is the type of person he is. He cut down trees on his own property. Bought a big logging machine and built a cabin on his property. That's where his lab is. Dick Pronicky, man. He's he's industrious. And, and you went with old hermit, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I I do feel like an old hermit a lot. Uh, you know, being I, I had never experienced chronic pain, and it's it makes me feel really old. And I don't talk to people that much. I've talked to people more in the last week than I have in the last year. I've That's always good. Hitting me up. It's been really cool. Really, really cool. So, Wana Honey, uh, J U N A Honey on Instagram. And uh, his uh, beekeeping is Stellar Apiaries, S T E L L E R. Apiaries. Great guy. Um, Love the bees, man. Yeah. He's, he's a passionate guy. I like him a lot. In really smoking art industries, you know, I know I already did that one, but and I already did one, honey, too. But they're like, they're my okay. two guys. They're my two guys out there that I, I learn a lot from smoking art. He posts on Instagram constantly, and he's uh, really open about what he does and how he does things. And he's really humble, and, and he's a really great guy. Go check him out at the cup. We'll have his stuff there. It's going to be sweet. Awesome. I love honey, and I love cannabis, so I'm going to have to try that stuff. Um, so since I'm talking right now, I'll do a couple of shout outs real quick and then I'll pass it over to Scobo. You're growing a, a cross of Slurricane and GML and I'm following some growers of Slurricane and that looks really good. So I'm going to shout out their plants really quick. MI No-Till Guy and Canna Kitten are growing uh, Slurricane and big no-till beds that look just like Scobos. So check them out. Um, very pretty plants. They're really personable and fun on Instagram. So Scobo, who do you got? I have Silver Squirrel Farms. I am growing their Keweenaw Copper. That's a Michigan grower. I have, this is really cool. Like, that's the front of it. It's can of Queen Genetics. And on the back, it is Queen White Haze. And the really kick-ass wax stamped crown on there. Old school, and, I love that. Yeah. And then I also have these first-class genetics. These are Skittles, which is Dookie Brothers Green Dragon Cut, crossed with the GMZ, which is GMO, San Fernando Valley, and Skittles. Um, and so my shout-out on that is I got these from Meds in the Country. Uh, super cool dude. And let's see who else. Um, I really enjoyed talking to you. You know, like, I'm just before I, because I'll slip up and forget, you know what I mean? I'm the moment will pass me. But I really like your energy, man. I like how positive you are. I like the story, man. I like the recovery, you know, and I like that you popped up and gave up the hermitism. 
for <laughs> just a little while to come hang out with us and kick it, man. Um, it was a really good conversation. I think, yeah, I'm really happy with it, bro. Cool. Thank Thanks. You. I, I really appreciate you guys having me and, uh, in really just being aware of the issues, you know, that, that I'm super concerned about, you know, I mean, poverty, medications, addiction, treatment, all those, you know, pain management, all those things are super important to me in my life. And, uh, I'm glad folks like you're out there spreading the word. You know what I mean? Well, well, that's the cool thing is that we are talking about this because this is a podcast and this goes beyond the borders of Michigan. And this is going to be a thought on somebody's morning drive because I've had people reach out to me specifically about their 55 minute morning commute. So, <laughs> you know, it's good for us. And I always like to see like a win, win, win situation. And it sounds like that's what you found for yourself. You found a positive way where you can be yourself. And you don't have to, you know, like, hey, there we go. Yeah. I know. Uh, so, yeah, this has just been a bullshit session. But it hasn't been because we've talked about some, you know, kind of touchy issues. Um, but I don't think it's an unwelcome conversation. Yeah, so, for, sure. for sure. And I'm always really open to... You know, if people want to hit me up on Instagram, I answer every message. I'm like, I've been getting a lot. It's been really interesting to meet people and to, you know, get feedback from people about the stuff I'm talking about on Instagram, you know, more than the pictures I'm posting, which albeit are fantastic, you know, are not necessarily the be all end all of, of what I'm doing, you know? It's the icebreaker to the conversation. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Preaching that positive message to people is really important. And the healing message that the plant is bringing to everyone in the community is something that we really wanted to spread. So thank you for getting a hold of us and helping us do that. It really means a lot to me personally. Skillbo makes tincture. We're both medical caregivers. We're all in this together. So, Yeah, I appreciate it a lot. Thanks, guys. Keep recharging your battery, bro. Just, you know what I mean? Just like you've had to deal with psychological vampiricism, which is awful. You know, I think everybody out there knows somebody, awfully enough. But, you know, this community can be very, very renewing and very recharging because the problems you're facing, someone already has, you know. Right. And, and I can sense already that if I had a problem and I contacted you, that you would be down to not only answer my question but maybe give me a little boost too man absolutely for sure it doesn't cost a penny yeah exactly and you know it's been my job too <laughs> right i it really is just connecting with people i dig you streets and in campsites and stuff and there's no better thing i think in in humanity than to connect with somebody on a personal level you know i don't think it ever it hardly ever happens anymore and it's the large reason why I started to hermit out so bad was because the world I felt was a really grindy place to be, you know? Um, but since I started the Instagram thing and, and it's been really refreshing just in, in a human in a humanity sense for me to have been approached on a number of, by a number of people, about the things I'm talking about in a supportive way, you know, and I've been able to be really honest uh, on Instagram. And I think that that's a, 
that's a really important thing too that doesn't happen very often how often are we completely 100 percent honest with somebody we don't know at all from anybody i think sometimes it's easy to have candor with strangers and it's difficult to have those conversations with those we love sometimes Mm -hmm. it's been good to be uh introduced to the cannabis community over the last couple weeks though and have felt you know some some kindness there because i didn't feel like i was receiving a whole lot of kindness from the world at large we're happy to bring the hermit out to the public and kind of uh, (laughs) connect you with the people keep i mean keep tuning in because that's what we're trying to do that's the theme that we're we're doing if anything else is we're just trying to bring people on that are positive you know what i mean just somebody to come on you kick it with i don't want to have a jerry springer i don't want to have a debate show i don't want an echo chamber but let's just come on and let's be ourselves let's be nice you know all the yeah. things we should be being anyway and that's right. why i'm really glad that that you decided to come on and be a guest with us tonight we've really really appreciated it man and hopefully we've renewed your faith a little bit more in humanity. Absolutely. I really appreciate it. I wanted to point out, since you did speak about the analytics a little bit, you know, we're a Michigan show, but we actually already have Canadian and uh, UK viewers or listeners to the show. So uh, out there, I guess. Uh, That's awesome. That's really cool. And thank you everyone for listening. We're now available on pretty much every platform, Apple and Google and, uh, so feed everything else so yeah spotify and all the little smaller ones and on that note you have been listening to the michigan bros grow show and our guest today has been old man hermit hash thanks for listening nice thanks for having me